Hot and cold has been the description of the Atlantic League so far this year. Join us as we talk about the league here on the Indie Ball Report podcast. All right, so we're back here, episode 15, and it's going to be a good one. Just a quick, uh, I guess, PSA so far before we get started in the goings of the show. Uh, we said we were going to preview the Frontier League this week. We're going to push that back to have its own separate preview show. We just weren't able to come up with a show that would be good enough with that uh, being the second part. We think it deserves its own show and want to give it the full time it deserves. And also in that show, we should... Uh, I'll preview the American Association and the Can-Am League as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll get there. It's one of those things that you say you want to rush it. You want to make sure we have a full time uh, to discuss those leagues and the important happenings that are going on as they kind of start to kick off and kick into gear here. Uh, so, you know, it's a good move to just uh, let's make sure everybody uh, gets what they want out of it. You know, our regular listeners can get their weekly show, and then uh, everyone else who's looking forward to that preview can get that as well. Exactly. It's one of those things where... If you were to switch from talking about like baseball and then going to what could potentially be, it's just not as great. It's one thing when you're going from baseball talk to news, it's just a totally different thing. Right. More so than that, I right before the show even started, I started doing work on the Frontier League and kind of prepping it to get ready for this. And some teams still haven't put out their roster for 2019 yet. So I don't want to just preview half the league and then have the other half kind of up in the air and whatnot. Right. So I'd rather wait until we have everything out there. We'll have some games under our belt because they started play on Thursday. So we'll have two or three uh, days of games out, and then we'll have a lot more of a base to really get going on that, as well as with the other leagues we can do exactly what we did with uh, the Atlantic League. Yep. I mean, I think that makes sense. So let's kind of get into it. Yep. So with that being said, I think it's time we jump right into our Atlantic League talk. Not going to be any news today because we have something in the works here, being that it's been kind of a noticing when we just talk news. It's not as popular. Plus, I think uh, it takes away a bit from when we're just talking about baseball. Right. I mean, I think you guys are here to listen to baseball. And uh, I think that you don't want to hear uh, us blabber about news. You can go to other outlets for that. So we'll, we'll, talk to, we'll talk about baseball. Exactly. It's that and more so. It's just not that entertaining. And there's only so many times, especially in the off season, that you can talk about uh, stadium deals and new teams and things like that. It's not, uh, it's not exactly what we want to hear in the middle of the season. So there's a plan for that to stay part of what we do, right. but just not on the show. So look forward to that on all the social media. Yeah, I mean, certainly articles and on social media, those things will uh, come out from time to time. However, we're not going to, you know, bore you with them on the show uh, too much from here on out. But, uh, yeah, if you have any re- recommendations uh, for things that you would also like us to do on the show, uh, please feel free to add us on uh, social media or just reach out to us. Yep. Uh, social media is there at IndieBallPod on Twitter and IndieBallReport on uh Instagram there, or you could just email us uh, all that information on the website, IndieBallReport.com. So with enough of the uh, shameless plugging and just news about our future plans are, let's actually talk baseball now that we're three and a half minutes into the show. <laughs> let's start off by just kind of going through what happened this week. Uh, Somerset, probably the hottest team in the league. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Somerset had a great week. Yeah, about seven, uh, 7-0 stretch there for a good bit. Uh, number one in the power rankings I just put out on Friday. So, solid week from then. Offensively, they were pretty damn dynamic. Yeah, they were uh, great. Yep, they finally are getting some of the guys that have been held up with visa issues back. Uh, Jimmy Paredes, I know, still has some things to work through until he can join the team. Yep. But uh, I believe it was Edwin Espinal. He finally got his issue sorted out, so he should be playing the last two, uh, or last three games, by mistake, of the Lancaster series. So, right. that's good for them. Uh, but overall, just a dominant, dominant performance so far for Somerset. Yeah, great run. They're really playing, uh, you know, obviously offensively really well. Uh, defensively, they're really playing well as well. I think, uh, you know, yesterday's game, they did, they had a couple of defensive miscues, and that definitely did hurt them. Hmm. Um, but I think overall, for looking at the grand scope of the week, they really played well. Um, and they're showing themselves to be right in that upper echelon that we thought they would be. Exactly, yep, and just as a frame of reference, yesterday meaning Thursday, we record on Friday, so I just want to, people know, we're not talking about the Friday game, we haven't seen that yet. Thursday night, their streak came to an end, but even still, like you were saying, there's a clear upper echelon in this league so far. It's clearly uh, the Patriots, the Ducks, and the Skeeters that are just um, head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, at this point, you've seen other good performances. Uh, York's turned it around a little bit, so they're starting to get on the right track. Also, uh, High Point's doing pretty good, too. 
Yeah, I mean, High Point, High Point's playing well. York is more competitive than I thought they would be. Um, of course, New Britain is really, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel right now just because uh, a lack of talent and also other factors that really have, you know, kind of hurt their season. Yep, uh, New Britain also losing uh, Jovan Rosa, I believe it is, to the Mexican League. Yeah. So that's unfortunate for them. But overall, they've had a bit of a rough stretch. I know for this week in the power rankings, I'm going to be constantly plugging, and you can read on the website, and also we tweet the link out, so you got multiple places to get it. In any case, I kept them at six. I felt like there was teams worse than them, certainly Southern Maryland, that will be discussed in a minute, who's had a very rough week. Yep. Uh, and then Lancaster, I think they, they've been a pretty middling team there. Yeah, I put yeah. them slightly below, but I have New Britain in the sixth spot. There's something about them, they're just not pulling through. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is about uh, New Britain that's just not really clicking right now. Um, you know, we'll see as the season goes on if their pitching staff can kind of pick it up a little bit. They've been really one of the, the things that has hurt them the most um, is their pitching staff. So we'll see if they can pick that up a little bit. And if they can't, you know, it's going to be a rough year. Yeah, really, uh, I've ever on that staff. I really only saw three pitchers I really said, okay, are very good. Uh, Rosario's one that I'm now just thinking of, but he's really used as a closer role, so right. he's not that effective. Uh Rio Din, Lara, and Marza have been like the only three starters I've really seen that like. Now, granted, they've only gone through the rotation two, three times, but even still, it's yeah, it's a bit troubling there. Marza got to a rocky start, but he's starting to come back down. Rio Din's been the ace of the staff so far, but like I said, outside of that, they've been very uh, very challenged in pitching. Yeah, uh, spotty spotty issues with pitching, like you're saying, and also they're just not hitting the ball that great either. Um, there's not a lot of guys who are really tearing the cover off the ball right now, and I think it's hard to win if you're not scoring runs. I mean, easy, easier said than done. Still. Yep, exactly what you're saying. Like, as I wrote about, they've really only shown up twice their offense, and it's very scattered. It shows up as weird moments where they'll put up five, and then they'll put up nothing, and then they'll put up two, and then they'll put up one, and then they'll put up seven, and then they'll put up one. You can't win like that. You need to be on the same page. And I mean, I think that goes to the, the, the point that there's maybe one or two guys in this lineup that really can hit the ball consistently well, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the lineup is very weak. I mean, we talked about it last week. This is the issue that they're going to have, and a lot of teams are going to have, is they've got one or two guys that are decent, and then everybody else is very much struggling to find that consistency. Exactly that. I think with this is a good way to go to Southern Maryland, uh, another team that they started off good, but now they've just kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit. 0-5 to this point, or in the week, rather. Uh, it's just not very good for them. Uh, they have a series against New Britain and uh, Piers Long Island coming up, uh, both at home. So they do have a chance here to start getting back to even here, but even still, it's been a rough stretch for them. Yeah, I mean, after a, after a week where you don't win any games, that's a, that's a, rough, that's a rough start. Um, you know, I, I think that the New Britain series will be a good barometer for us. If, if they pick up some wins in the New Britain series, then maybe, you know, the ship starts to correct itself a little bit. Uh, we previewed them. We were really high on them in the preview, but, you know, the Blue Crabs really haven't uh, showed us much to this point. I mean, what are they, 5-9, and nine, I believe? Is that their record? Uh, no, it's slightly worse than that. I believe they're 3-9. and 3-9, yeah. Yeah, something to that extent. So, I mean, with five losses this week and just not trending in the right direction like we're saying. However, I think at the end of the day, um, if, if they, it's still early enough where if they, they can correct it, if they win in this New Britain series, um, and I think the Long Island series will tell us a lot as well, if they can steal a couple of games in the Long Island series, even just one game, yeah. then that's hope. Uh, you know, if they, if they get swept by Long Island, it's going to be very hard for them to do anything this season. I would say that I'd agree with that as on the condition they don't do good with New Britain. Right. If right. they go two and one in New Britain and then they swap by Long Island, it yeah, will hurt. Yeah. But you know, at that point, then you're two and five on the week, which isn't great. But you know, you'd like honestly for this seven game stretch with them, I'm looking for about three and four. Yeah. You three and four, I think you come away with it. I mean, obviously that's not great. But if you go over in the or only with one win, if you go mm-hmm. one and four or zero oh, oh and five, whatever, uh, or zero oh and seven, then. Uh, and one and six. If you do that, if you go over, you only win one game, and you're uh, Southern Maryland. Get it, man. You're gonna, it's gonna be a rough year. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely shaping to be a bit rough. Uh, like looking at just their bats, really, it seems like Ruby Silva, Corey yeah. Vaughn, and Angelus Nina are really the three. Uh, Frank Martinez to an extent, but I mean, he's just. I would say he's a solid bat. He's a six hitter, but once again, four guys cannot be your entire offense. That's still half of your 
half of your team that's not hitting. Yep, I mean, like we were talking about with New Britain, you've got a couple of guys that are consistent, playing well, and then the rest of the lineup, there's none of those glue guys who are really going to step up in those littler moments that lead up to those big moments later in the game. You know, the hit before the home run. <laughs> exactly. And it's one of those things where, with Southern Maryland especially, I was really trying to find a reason, why should I not put them at eight? And the only reason I can think of is there's still there's still potential there. Now, obviously, they lost Pat Dean to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Johnston went down with some arm injury. I don't really know what that is. Watching it, they didn't really say, but it definitely looked like something with his elbow, which at 35, an elbow injury to a pitcher, unless it's something minor, it's not going to be yet. Great for him. Nope. And he probably won't come back at that point, which the way he went down, he was just down on the ground holding it for a couple minutes. And then when he's walking off, he wasn't moving his arms, just kind of held up straight. So that tells me it's, uh, it seems significant. Yeah, it seems significant. And like you said, with an older guy like that at 35 years old, it's not going to be an easy road to recovery if he does even attempt uh, a road to recovery. So. Exactly. So that's going to be, it's going to be rough for them. Uh, for me, at least what kept me from putting Southern Maryland in the basement was Daryl Thompson. He's Agreed. still the he's still the ace of that staff. He is one of the best pitchers in the Atlantic League. Still, all while being a pitching coach too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's he's keeping them out in the basement right now, but he's going to need help. Yep. I mean, when he takes the ball every time he's on the mound, you feel like you got a good chance to win. Uh, and and that's been his consistent mantra throughout his career, seemingly. Um, and if you know, like you said, if you could get him some help, maybe they can make a little bit of a run at it and get out of the basement of our power rankings and of the, the standings, but we'll see. I mean, I, I yep. think that it's going to be a, a tall order uh, at this point in the season. Yep, Craig Stems also pitched well uh, yeah, against yeah. Long Island his last time through, so I think they left him in a bit too long, and that, that just falls right on Clyburn as a manager. You need to know when to take a guy. Yeah. Like, I understand you don't want to burn through your bullpen, but at the same time, he was already at, like, 100 pitches through, I believe it was four and two-thirds. That's time to pull him. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're getting up to around 100 pitches in that short of an amount of time, it wears on you mentally more than it does physically. Mm. It need, you got The guy needs to get out of there, and you know when a manager doesn't do things like that, it's going to be a problem. Exactly that, and also when it's this early in the season and you have guys going that deep, you got to be thinking, okay, I need him to last longer than this. So yeah. I, I get the nature of the game, and he's been a good pitcher, so maybe you're saying, oh, well, he's not going to be here that long, but even still... Oh, yeah, I mean, there's there's no way that you can leave a guy in for over 100 pitches in, in that short of amount of time. I mean, that's, it's an unheard of thing, especially at this point in baseball. I mean, maybe, you know, 20 years ago, that was something that was a lot more uh, respected and done a lot more often. But, you know, in this game, there's no reason to leave him in over 100 pitches in the fourth inning. Obviously, he's really laboring through it. He just doesn't have his best stuff on that day, and you got to get him out of there. Exactly. Let's go ahead and just shift now to Lancaster team that broke up Somerset's streak. Yeah, big win for them last night. Exactly. Um, oops, that's a terrible night. Oh, yeah, just an awful, windy, uh, no rain, but just windy, cold, I and mean, just, a, just a rough night. Just a bad night. By the end of that night, outside of staff and people actually playing, there was probably about 80 people in that ballpark. Yeah, I think it's generous. I think 80 is generous. I know, I counted. Yeah. <laughs> but it... All in all, besides that, the Barnstormers had been kind of up and down at this point. I know yeah. I come down to the eighth spot here just because in the last six games, they let up 32 runs. Yeah, I mean, they obviously can give runs up. Somerset didn't really hit well uh, last game. Very think, poor. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a hangover from that seven-game win streak. When you're hot like that, it, it, you have a tendency to get worn out. To what you're saying with uh, them giving up a lot of runs and that being why Somerset's not able to respond there. But even still, right. I expect you to be able to get on them. But more so than that, I just, more or less, I'm looking at the bats for them. I just don't, Dangamash is like the only guy that can hit for power there. Yeah. Uh, um, Tur- Slavic. Uh, yeah, he, he hits could... good, but I just I don't see him as a power hitter. No, I don't see him as a power hitter. I mean, there's nobody in that lineup that scares me. Hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, even the... The, their beating Somerset uh, last night or the other night was just simply basically get them on, get them over, get them in. It was small yeah. ball, it was knock them in. 
Uh, obviously, with the wind, it was going to be hard to get one out of there anyway, but still, uh, it was a perfect night for them because they don't really have a power hitter in much of the same way that uh, Somerset doesn't really have that big bat either. No. Um, they just they, they play small ball, and, and it worked out for uh, the Barnstormers the other night. Also, there were some questionable uh, you know, things going on there mm-hmm. with Brett Jody uh, yeah. <laughs> not taking guys out and <laughs> 41 yeah. pitch innings and whatnot. Uh, yeah, and Jake, Jake George should have been out there earlier, but oh, yeah. at the same time, I understand that you're on a seven-game winning streak, so you're playing with house money. Yep. And it's a cold night, it's a terrible night, you're like, hey, let's not burn through our bullpen. I'm sure that was the yeah, the idea there, but still. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, going back to, to Lancaster, I think that they are going to be a, a very middling team. I think hmm. they're going to have nights like uh, the other one where they, hmm. they win uh, you know, against better teams. I think they can grind out. They certainly are a resilient bunch. Uh, I give them that. You know, get, they get down 3-1 and they're still kicking. Uh, so I give them that, but I, I don't know if long-term uh, they're going to be a sustainably really good team, I think they'll be a middling team, like you said. Exactly. I just There's something about them I just am not a big fan of with them. I just, I'm concerned about the offense. Really where my thing is, like other teams, it comes in bunches. That's just not how you're going to win. You're not going to win by... Uh... No, I mean, you're not going to win by hitting in bunches, and there's no way that they're going to be able to consistently, um, you know, score enough runs to beat a Long Island or a Somerset on a consistent basis. Mm. You'll have off nights... Uh, where they steal a game here and there, because they are not a bereft of talent. They do have a decent amount of talent, especially in the bullpen. Um, they seem to have a really good bullpen, but I think that uh, other than other than their bullpen, I think they're going to really struggle offensively. Yeah, no, that's going to be a concern for them. It's just getting everything to work together. Like what like I always said in the article, it was more or less when they get the pitching, they don't get the batting. When they get the batting, they don't get the pitching. And like we saw last night, they got both and won games. And that's how you're going to have to do it. You're, right. you're going to need both halves of the ball. You're not going to get away with just uh, one or the other. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think five runs is really a good uh, mark to try to hit every night, right? I think five. Obviously, you won't score five every night, but to find to get five, I think you can you can protect that lead, and they were able to do that uh, last night, Thursday night, for those of you uh, when, when everyone will be listening to it. So Thursday night, they were able to do that and really get a get a good win out of it. Um, you know, I think that if they can continue to do that score five, six runs a game, they'll, they'll, they'll be in the upper echelon, but I don't foresee that happening. Yeah, no, it's just, it's going to be tough for them. I, that's just how it's going to be. Uh, luckily for them, they do have a bit of an easier schedule. After they get through Somerset, they get New Britain. So they got that going for them, which is nice. But Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll get a little bit of a rebound here. Although New Britain has been stingy against uh, against teams that are supposed to beat them this year, <laughs> like it's, Somerset, for example. <laughs> yeah, no, they played some, that's the thing, too, about them. And I really like my own why I see them jumping up next week. They don't really ever die. Yeah. Because like, they trailed for a decent portion of that game last night, and they still fought back and they managed to win it. They, yeah. It's very hard to kill them off, which that's a skill that goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Lancaster really does have that uh, ability to kind of hang with a lot of a lot of the punches. Um, and New Britain, in the same way, is able to kind of you know beat teams that they're not supposed to uh, beat. And, and that's that's, inter- that's been interesting as well so far this season. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, something to watch. Yeah. Uh, more so than that, let's just go over to the other team in Pennsylvania now, York. Oh, who, York. <laughs> who, well, they had a good week, three and four, and but it's still a very good week considering who they beat, taking Long Island in a shutout, getting another shutout against New Britain. They had a good week, uh, but they do lose Detweiler. That's going to be a, a big loss for them going forward. Yeah, the the loss of Ross Detweiler is going to be really huge. Um, I think that obviously it's a good thing for the Atlantic League. It shows that a lot of guys are getting picked up, maybe hmm. more than I can remember um, in previous years. Um, so that's interesting. That might hmm. be something that, to tie into the new deal that they've made with uh, Major League Baseball, hmm. helping with scouting, clearly. Um, but certainly the loss of Ross Detweiler for York is going to be a, a big impact. He was pitching very well to begin the season. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I have to definitely agree with that. He's been one of the few bright spots there. Uh, him and oh, was the guy that was uh, pitching very well for them? I believe it was Grimes, Matt Grimes. He has an ERA below one. So I mean, you gotta like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't get much better than that, right? <laughs> exactly. When you have a point eight two, I mean, like it's very difficult to get better than that. Yep. Uh, they also finally gotten some bats going. Uh, Castillo, Dent, uh, Isaiah Tejada. Yep. They've also been getting going. Us uh, Coronado hasn't been doing any slouching either. Uh, Wellington Dotel hasn't been doing as well as we'd hope, but I mean, you have four of the guys that are hitting. Right. Uh, but once again, then you have half the lamp that isn't, but that's just a theme that happens in baseball. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, I think they've been very good. 
just the thing that keeps holding them back is their bullpen. Yeah. Their bullpen is just so terrible. It's atrocious. It's awful. And if you don't sort it out, you're going to lose games. Like, it's, it looks a lot like the 07 Mets. It's where, frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating. Yeah, exactly. Because you see a good team, you have a star go five, six innings, you know, okay, we're good, we just need to get through three more innings. That's all we need. And then what was a two-run lead, it's a one-run lead. That's now you're down one, which is now you're down two, when now all of a sudden it becomes a lot more difficult to dig yourself out of that hole when you only have three outs to play with. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... That's their problem. I think it's just getting that bullpen, uh, you know, figured out. There's, they also have a very difficult schedule coming up. They have the upcoming week. They have four games against High Point. Now, those are at home at least, so you got to break there. And then they play something like six to eight games in Sugarland. Uh, so that's not exactly a fun time. No, nope, um, that can be very difficult. That's one of those trips where you're like, if we split, we're happy and. Honestly, I look at their schedule and come away 500. I think you're pretty happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they should be. I think uh, up until this point, they're playing way better than I expected them to. Um, mm. uh, like you said, I think they're getting good uh, starting pitching, um, obviously from Grimes and uh, the, mm. the recently gone Detweiler. Um, but also, I think that, the, like you said, they're, they're hitting the ball um, particularly better than I thought they would be as well. So their lineup is actually playing pretty well. I think, like you said, that big, that leaky bullpen is going to continue to be an issue for them. Every time that they get a lead, they're going to have to, now it's going to become in the mindset of the team is we've got to get more runs. We're going to keep tacking on. Hmm. Um, because who knows how many runs that bullpen's going to give up, uh, on a given night. So I think it's going to be very important to see if they can figure that bullpen out. They could prove me wrong. It'd be a very good team this year. Um, or at least a, you know, a very middling yeah. team, uh, certainly winning more than 25 <laughs> games. Uh, but I, I think that there's still a lot that remains to be seen of can they really continue this good week and tra- transition into something better? Yep. Just going to point or throw this out here. They're one win away from getting a, a, about a fifth of the way home to your prediction. Yeah, They're I know. at four wins right now. I know. So, you may be a bit off there. It's getting a little, yeah, it's getting a little warm in here. <laughs> I mean, you already got John Neese right. Now, yeah. obviously, with, and we'll mention this, uh, when we get to Sugarland, which we'll, we'll go to Sugarland now, who's also been a very good team. Yeah. Oh, they jumped to the second, the rankings for me this week. Uh, James Loney's gone now. Yep. He retired. So, I don't think your home run prediction's gonna come through. I don't here. think that one's coming through now. And it may be a bit tough here. Who <laughs> knows? Maybe, you know, he comes back in comes the middle of the season. And does it now. I mean, obviously, um, you know, those yeah. are the risks you take with, with, with veteran players. I mean, exactly. you know, he probably had a little bit of an injury and just decided, you know what, it's not worth it. But maybe this opens the door for Giansanti to come back. Maybe. I don't once know again, where he's been. Yeah, I don't really know. Like, I keep checking and he's still just not, he's not playing. I just don't know why you wouldn't have your team MVP playing. Yeah, I don't understand it either. It makes no sense to me. If he was your team MVP last year, he seemingly was an all-star at everything. He won multiple postseason awards. and It just makes too much sense to play him. And then you decide, oh, no, I'm not going to do anything with him. It just is uh, it's kind of baffling. Yeah, I'm not sure where he, uh, where he is. You know, Once he, again, not listed as injured. He's not listed as injured. He's not, you know, retired. <laughs> he's, he's just not playing. And, uh, you know, if anybody has any information on that, that would be uh, great to reach out to us because that's very confusing for us because, like you're saying, I, I mean, I picked him as my MVP of the whole uh, Atlantic League, and, and I think that he's a great player. And, you know, from what I've seen him last year um, and even a little bit the year before, he's, he's just been a great player, and it's, it's very odd. That he's not in in the league, that he's not playing every day. I mean, he seems like he should be playing every day, but yeah, no, I just I don't get it. He just it makes once again too much sense to actually be playing him, and so when you don't play him, it's just a it's a baffling decision there. I just it is. I don't get it. I like I want to know why. Like, is your offense that good that you can say now nah, we'll keep him on the bench? I like, mean, clearly there's got to be an issue. I mean, there clearly has to be an issue, or they would be playing him. I mean, because I don't understand why you would not play, you know, probably one of the best players in the entire Atlantic League. So I'm not sure <laughs> what's going on there. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you never know with the, with these kind of things. Sometimes it could be a personal issue or things like that. Or the manager just, you know, not feeling uh, it. I just, once again, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Like, I'm like I'm checking everything right now just to make sure that we're not wrong here. He just isn't playing. And I just, I'm... 
I'm I haven't gotten no, none of that, zero. I'm checking that right now, and I'm not seeing anything here, but let me pull up uh, all the other, every stat page I can find here. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. If this guy hasn't gotten one at bat and he's healthy and available, I mean, you, you have to throw that caveat in there because perhaps, you know, personal issues, he's not available or he's not um, healthy. But I certainly wouldn't make sense for me to not get him at least a couple at bats to start the season. It just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, no, nothing listed on baseball reference and nothing listed on the Atlantic League site for injury, contract purchase, nothing like that. Um, yeah, no, nothing, nothing listed. You know, and any event, though, I think we've uh, beaten that horse to death. Let's go yeah. ahead and actually talk about the team of Sugarland here, yeah. who also had a very good going as a played five-game winning streak for them. Yeah, I mean, they've been playing great as well. Um, I think a lot of it stems from getting their pitching figured out. We talked about it last week. They were having some struggles with their starting pitchers, and that has seemed to, you know, figure itself out a little bit. And it kind of also been counteracted by good offense. Yep, so far the turning point in the season for them has been that rain out game in uh, High Point. They mm-hmm. lost two going into it, getting shot up the one time, scoring one run the next time. Had a Sunday rain out, made up with a doubleheader the following day, took both halves of them, and then just steamrolled Lancaster from there. And it's just been all all uphill from there. Now, of course, they've lost some other guys too affiliated by. I believe Court was the main guy, and then there's someone else too they lost to that. But even still, like you're saying, the pitching starting to figure itself out. Everybody's in that rotation is under four now, with the exception of Mitch Tail, but, but he's coming down too. So, all in all, it's getting itself figured out, which is very important. Like we were saying the past two weeks, the big thing for them was just making sure that their starters were doing the job, because that was the concerning thing. Now, obviously, they figured it out. It was just a slow start, which definitely happens, but now that that's figured out, I don't see anything stopping them. Yeah, I don't see anything stopping them. I think they've kind of figured out, we were talking about it a little bit yesterday, um, when we were sitting at the Somerset game, and uh, we were talking about it, and we said, well, they, they've remembered that they're the class of this league. They remembered that they are probably the best, if not one of the top two teams in this league, um, and they figured that out, and now that is going to continue uh, to kind of get to where they should be. Exactly. It's just a matter of them continuing picking up the pace here. Uh, the bats are finally starting to wake up for them, so they have that going for them, which is definitely the positive there. Their bullpen, it's still shaky to me. Uh, there's two or three guys that are reliable, Polino being the main guy, but once again, he's a closer, so you're not getting a lot of innings out of him, but, you know, all in all... Uh, Solid team there. Bats are working as they showed. I mean, there's not much else to say. They're just winning games like they should be. They're doing what they should be doing. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more to talk about with Sugarland when they weren't playing well. I think that was kind of we diagnosed that issue, um, and they were able to correct that. And I think we're seeing the result of correcting those issues with the starting pitching. When you have starting pitchers with an ERA over six, then, you know, that's not a recipe for success. Even for a team as good as Sugarland, it can be impossible to overcome. But as we've seen these ERAs creep down and down and down, then, you know, kind of that's where we uh, really get the, you know, full Sugarland team that we're seeing now. Yeah, no, that's definitely it. That's just how it's uh, been going. Like you're saying, it's, they got the ERA down, everything else is working now. You can't win games when you're giving up, you know, six runs in the first five innings. It's just too much to overcome. Yeah. So, uh, with that, I think it's time to head over to the Tri-State teams and talk about Long Island. Long Island's been teams that, uh, good week, four and two, but they just struggled against York. That was the one series I thought, oh, this is easy enough for them, but they just couldn't beat York. I mean, they dominated Lancaster and, well, I mean, Southern Maryland got beat over the head, but York, um, uh, shot there that not only did they lose two games, but they got shut out nine nothing in the one. Well, I mean, those things happen. Uh, I think a lot of it is attitude, you know, coming into the game thinking, well, you know, it's just York. Uh, I think there's a lot of that may perhaps going on there. But also York is, uh, you know, much more than I thought they were going to be. They're a tricky team to figure out because they have some guys who can come up with some big hits and they, like you said, get their hits in bunches. And when they do, they can have big innings. And obviously, you know, in the 9 nothing win, they're pitching well as well. Uh, so when they figure it all out, York seems to figure it all out really well. And then as a, when they don't have it all going, they really don't have it going. They're very much a Jekyll and Hyde kind of a team, um, as opposed to, you know, just a really, you know, good team or really bad team. 
obviously, I think it will go either way. You know, we saw, we talked about that uh, last week with Southern Maryland. You know, they're very much a one way or the other kind of a team. And we saw them, you know, we they saw went them, the bad way. They went yeah. the bad way. I mean, eventually they will go one way or the other. I uh, don't see them splitting it down the middle. They don't seem like a middling team. Lancaster seems like the perfect, perfect middling team. But mm-hmm. I, I really do think that York is not. And to kind of circle back uh, to Long Island, obviously they were a little bit of a, a kryptonite for the Ducks. But let's be honest, the Ducks are just, they've just been amazing um, up until this point. And I really do, I'm really impressed with everything that they're doing right now. Exactly. They have an, istri- they have an interesting week coming up. Uh, three in uh, Sugar Land and then four in Southern Maryland. So they'll have an Fairly easy week, uh, depending on how Sugar Lane goes. That should be a good series to watch, though. In any case, though, uh, the thing I'm concerned about them going forward is the rotation. Uh, you lost Melville to Colorado. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, which they're stacked up on Atlantic League pitching a lot. That's, that's interesting for them. That's something to watch. But more so than that, it's going to be how they, how do they fill that hole? Uh, Tim Alderman seems like he's going to be the guy that takes that role and kind of fills in there, but, all in all, that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, the main thing here, though, is that their bats are finally working right. Uh, Washington's kind of fizzling out from a hot start here, but they have New and still going, Labandosi is still going, Fuentes is still going, uh, new guy in LJ Mazzilli, who's also doing very well. Um, Matt Dendecker, when he's gone in, has played well, but he's only seen action in about uh, six games, so that's what that is. Uh, obviously losing Avon DeJesus Jr., your starting third baseman to the White Sox is, uh, less than ideal, but, you know, you'll, you can overcome that. That's something to be expected. Right, yeah. I mean, I think that those losses, like you said, with Melville, is gonna be, a, they're gonna be issues, and they're gonna be things that they have to work through. Um, and that's also one of the dangers of constructing a really talented team like they have, mm-hmm. is you're gonna get guys poached. I mean, that's just the way it's gonna go mm-hmm. in Atlantic League baseball. But, I do think that shows that there's a, that they have enough talent uh, to kind of replace that, and, you know, obviously, as these guys go out, as you lose these bigger name guys who are clearly, you know, uh, very good, very talented players, as you lose those pieces, it might take some time for them to, you know, break in these newer arms and these newer bats to kind of get going. But once everything gets going, I think this team has a, a solid foundation. Uh, like you said, Newman Heiss has really been hitting very well to start the season. I think he's going to be an important name uh, to kind of continue throughout the year. Exactly. Newman Heiss has been turning into one of those guys that I can see right around July him getting picked up. I think he's going to be that kind of guy that when you see a team that didn't have much outfield depth to begin with, they get decimated, they just quickly sign him, put him there, and then I could even see him being back by September when injuries kind of fizzle out. But overall, though, I think you're making a very good point here that their guys are stepping up now, and I fully expect for them to just continue to compete here. Like we said earlier in the show, they are one of those teams out of the class of the league. It's really a three-horse race here to the finish now. With that being said, High Point's interesting. High Point's interesting. High Point is a tough one to figure out. High Point is is very much a team that is, um, like you said, I think they're riding that wave of mm. really good positive energy coming from uh, just opening the new ballpark and new city and great fans and this sellout first night and all of that. I think that that is you know the energy that they have there. But I think it's starting to kind of yeah, it's starting to wear it thin. Yeah, and I think you know they're going to kind of revert regress. Uh, to a team that isn't, you know, top of the class. I don't think they're in a, I think this is a very classist, uh, kind of a league this year where we have, you know, the, the, the really good and then we have the, the, the bad. And I, I think the only team that kind of can kind of go both ways on that is going to be at the end of the day is going to be Lancaster. Right now, High Point is very much could go either way, but I don't see them long term having the same kind of success. Um, however, the way that they've played has totally stunned me to this point, so they could totally uh, keep going the way that, uh, that, you know, trending upward and wind up, you know, making the playoffs. But Exactly. High Point's one of those teams that's in the wrong division. It is, yeah. If they were over in the uh, other half there, they were in the Freedom Division, I would say they'd be in a playoff spot. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately for them, they're in the division with Somerset and Long Island, which is like being the Rays in a division with the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yep. You can be a very good team but you're not going to be taking a wild card spot, and you're certainly not going to be winning the division. No. So they're just in a very poor position. Uh, overall, though, they've been playing very well. Very well. Uh, Matt Surge has been a very good pitcher so been far. been great, yeah. Yep, one of these bad start was the first one where he still pitched well. He just was ineffective with his pitches, but that's been figured out now. 
Uh, Joe Van Meter, he's been playing very well so far. Yep. Um, their social media team is awesome. Their social media team is awesome. Uh, Bichette Jr. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been, been good. great. Really, you know, has a great power swing. Mm. Um, hit the first home run at the High Point Rocket yep. Stadium. Uh, but yeah, no, their, their social media team is a lot of fun. They're a fun team. What, what can I say? They're a really fun organization. And I think long term, this is going to be one of the, the great organizations in the Atlantic League. The High Point Rockers are going to be really, really good for years to come. But I think, you know, for this first season, their record will kind of fluctuate, as yeah. we've said, just because it's tough to be an expansion team. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where even in a league like this, where it's going to be noticeably easier because it's not like you have everybody else that's built up their farm system and whatnot. Right, right. You, you get to turn over every year. But even still, it's hard to come in first year and make a giant impact, like you're saying. Uh, other guys that have been very good, uh, Steven Cardulo, he had a, I believe he had a grand slam last night. He did have so, a grand slam last night, yep. yep. And one of the guys that's been kind of sneaky good, uh, the shortstop Tyler, Tyler Landendorf. He has been sneaky he's good. He's been yeah. very good. I, he's a guy to watch out for. He could be an all-star type player there. Uh, but there's been a couple of guys that have really jumped out there and that are making a huge impact on the team. Yeah, I mean, I think that that energy really permeates throughout the locker room, and especially early on in the season, we've seen them really feed off of that. I think they're really in a good position to be, you know, a good team on this season. But I think, like you said, it's going to be difficult to kind of uh, work through some of these things as we go on. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think they're in a good position right now. I mean, if if you if you tell ask them, you know, after the first couple of weeks of the season, you know, what what do you expect? And you got this. I mean, I think they would be very happy with it. Exactly. I mean, you're seven and seven. You're five hundred through the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. And you're off to a great start. Honestly, if they get to the All Star break and you're around the same bit here, let's see. So they play seventy games in the first half. So if you're at like say. 40 and 30, I yeah. think you're very happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that should, they should be thrilled with that. Um, I think that would be best-case scenario for them. Um, I think, and if they do do that then they, and they stay in this, like, middling uh, mm -hmm. level, then that would be very good. I don't know, though. I think that's difficult in a league that has a lot of mm -hmm. teams that are pretty decent. And also, um, you know, once you start running out of that energy and guys start getting hurt or guys start getting, right. playing so well that they're getting plucked away, exactly. it can be very difficult when you don't have that core, uh, you know, mm -hmm. talent base that you've had in previous years or you just don't have the managerial staff that's, you know, can pull guys from other leagues and things like that. Exactly. I think that last note that you're hitting off, getting guys from other leagues is going to be key for them, especially because I can see guys like Landendorf, Cardulo. Uh, Bichette. Yeah. Those are guys that are going to get plucked at some point. I think oh, yeah. we, we've gone, kind of gotten to that point where that's just what's going to happen. I mean, clearly, um, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, when that happens, you're going to need to be getting guys from the Canada League, guys from the Frontier League. American Association may be kind of tough to get, being that they're basically a Midwest Atlantic League. Right. Uh, so you can probably swing something there with future considerations involved. But even still, you're going to need to find a way to replenish it now. Where you may be able to get guys is in the middle of the season part, after you get that Major League Baseball draft in June. Guys that didn't get drafted, maybe you're able to go, mine come here, play play a little bit, maybe you get picked up, maybe not. Either way, you got a place to start with. Right. Uh, I think they have to really be looking for like the Martin Ficaroas, the yep. ones that were the four-year seniors, nobody took them, so now they're given, the, uh, they're given this chance. Yeah, I agree. I think that... Uh, that's going to be the real test is, um, you know, for these, a lot of these front offices, they're, they're, they have a plan. They know that the roster they have on opening day is not going to be the same roster they have on the final game of the regular season and certainly not in the final game of the postseason. Uh, so I think that they understand the fluidity of all of that. And I think if, if, uh, the Rockers organization is able to kind of go in the same way, then you can see a team that's very good. They're very malleable and able to kind of go with the flow and pick up guys that they need to mm. and make these relationships that are pretty hard to develop and usually develop over time with other leagues and other teams um, and MLB draft prospects and things like that. If they're able to do that, then this is going to be a really good uh, story for the yeah. Atlantic League. If they're not able to do that, you're going to see a team wind up in, in the bottom of the standings. Exactly. I think that's really where you're going to be at here. I think also what's going to matter is when you get towards the end of the season, how much is your team going to be able to compare to some of these other teams? Like how is Summers going to be doing down the stretch? How is Long Island going to be doing down the stretch? Is New Britain still going to be where they're at? And there's a lot of factors that you got to add in there that 
you know, they're not easily predicted. So Right, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of factors, and one of the two teams at the top could always, uh, you know, fall off. I mean, you could always see a Long Island or a Somerset, you know, hit a rough stretch, lose the wrong guy, you know, from there. Exactly, or just even a bad pitching stretch there where, you yeah. know, maybe your stars go the way that uh, Triggerlands were the past 10 days. Yeah. So, I mean, anything's possible, and so... With that said, I think now we can go ahead and just kind of look at who's our player of the week this past week, uh, both pitching and uh, batting. Uh, want to start, or do you want me to kind of toss it Go that? for it. All right, so for me, for the past week, I'm, I'm looking for Kale Grandel. I think he's my guy. He's pitched very well. He's done extremely well for Lancaster, one of the uh, benefits, or one of the main guys uh, driving that offense. So he's definitely my guy of the week. And as for... Uh, Pitching-wise, Matt Surge, he's my guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's probably my guy, too. Yeah, he's been... Yeah, it was a toss, it's been tossing between him and Grimes. Uh, both of them make very good cases. But for me, I I like Surge better. He's been powering that whole... Really, the whole rotation of High Point to this point. Those are my two guys. Yeah, I, I would say I'll counter with... Just to be different for the pitching side, mm-hmm. I'll counter with Grimes. I think Grimes is really been the the ace in that rotation there i think he's pitching very well i think also he's pitching very economically which is tough to do um in the atlantic league where you've got a lot of hitters who are really savvy uh veterans who've been around a long time who can keep fouling balls off uh, and things like that i'll also go for the for the offensive part i'll go with uh bichette i'll go with dante bichette i I think about him too yeah i think he's been playing really well uh, and I think he's really that cog um, of energy and power that has really been kind of moving high point forward. I think off the off the diamond, he's been you know obviously the, that guy with the energy who brings the energy, really gets the fans into it. And then on 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 the field, he's been playing great, you know, hitting home runs, just being that uh, cog in the lineup. So I'll give him my offensive player of the week. All right. So then, just going to go ahead to say for uh, this upcoming week, the series to watch, at least for me, is when high point goes to York. I think that's going to be a very good test to see which one of these teams we're going to get. Is York the real deal team that we saw last week, even without Detweiler there? Because they play four games against them, so Detweiler's spot's going to be up. So how are you replace that? How that's going to go? Are the bats going to stay like they're doing and how that's going to play out? Or on the flip side, high point, are you going to take that giant jump there? Are you going to try and really do good? You win three out of four you know, you're doing, you're in a good spot there. Now all of a sudden you're 10 and 6, no, 10 and 8, my mistake. You're 10 and 8, you're above 500, you're doing really good. So that's going to be a very interesting thing to watch for me. I think that's my series to watch. Yeah, I think, I think I'll go with that one as well because you're going to find out, um, you know, which team is for real and which team is not. Obviously, you know, this is very early in the season all still, but I think really that's when we're going to find out if High Point is for real. If you can beat teams like York, then they can be that more middling team, maybe compete for a uh, playoff spot, potentially, who knows. Um, but I, I think if they don't, aren't able to beat consistently the Yorks uh, and, and other teams like that, New Britons, those kind of teams, if they're unable to do that, then you're going to have issues where, you know, even if they, you know, get a couple of wins against, uh, against you know, a Lancaster or a even a Somerset, it won't matter. <laughs> so exactly. I think that they need to beat teams like York, um, in order to really, for us to gauge what they're going to be. Exactly, I totally agree with that. Uh, with that being said here, let's just kind of preview what we're going to be doing uh, going further in the week for us uh, at this point. This concludes the baseball portion of today's show, so if you're done with that, then you can kind of move along. If you want to find out more information about the show going forward, stick around. Even if not, might as well stick around. Yeah, really. I mean, we're interesting. Come on. I think we're not that bad. Right. I mean, I mean come on. Yeah, any case, so... What about me here? I mean, come on. We're interesting. Yeah. I don't know. You know I'm special? <laughs> yeah, you're special. <laughs> any case, uh, so Frontier League, American Association, and Can-Am League preview. That will probably be, uh, I'd say, Wednesday. Uh, we could probably record that on Tuesday and then have it up the next day. Yep. I mentioned earlier that we're going to be doing something different with the news, because right now, it would normally be when we talk about the news and all that, but... I kind of get the general sense, at least, that it's not that interesting. And I can totally get that, uh, especially if you've been listening since episode one. First off, thank you. And second off, uh, I you're probably tired of hearing about it. I mean, there's only so much different that happens over this time. Right, I mean, and of course, you know, it's baseball season now. People want to hear about games, they want to hear about teams, they want to hear about our top performers of the week. 
Uh, and especially, you know, we've been focusing a lot on the Atlantic League because they've been really going right now. Mm-hmm. But as other leagues come in, you know, we're going to have to talk about that as well. So we're just kind of transitioning from mm-hmm. a, you know, more news-based show, which we had in the offseason, mm-hmm. to really getting into that baseball mode. And really, we're getting into full-season, mid-season form as well. Okay, so I'm going to swing back around and touch on those other leagues in just a second. But just to wrap up the news, uh, we're still not getting around the news entirely, though. Because we've plugged the YouTube channel plenty of times before, Indie Ball Report on YouTube. It, it's easy enough to type into the search bar. If you help us get up to like 500 subscribers, I can change it. So you could just put that in the URL and then you could find it easier. But what I'm thinking about doing here, and I'd like to hear feedback both in the comments, on the podcast where you can review it, and also on Twitter, especially on Twitter because that's the easiest place to find these things, is if you'd want to see the news still happen, but on the YouTube channel. So just put out, say, a weekly or a bi-weekly episode of uh, like news and review something like that, where I kind of break through all, everything there, I think that would be the better way of doing it. So that way, if you're still interested in it, because I'm assuming there's still some people that want to be up to date on this stuff. Sure. Uh, like, for example, things that were going to be in the show in this news section this week, but then I just made the decision just to kind of ax them. I didn't think it was going to be that interesting. To right. Be blunt here is uh, uh, a new Greenville ballpark that's being talked about, uh, stadium agreement, and then a new pro team in the Empire League that we touched on last week, or at least uh, the Empire League we touched on last right. week, being that they're playing Sussex now. They added a team for this year, too, which I guess would be kind of interesting. But even still, that's the only thing that's kind of baseball, play on the field related. It doesn't fit the rest of the show. So I, I'd still like to do that. I think people would enjoy that. But once again, if... We get no feedback on whether to do it or not to do it, or if it's feedback saying, nah, you don't even need to bother doing it, then, you know, I'm not going to waste the time doing it. Yeah, I mean, also something we can do is, um, if it's more, uh, convenient for you all, we can send out a written thing where we've got a couple of, you know, a couple of things that are going on, maybe a blurb about a little opinion section from mm-hmm. us, maybe a quote or two, um, if that's, you know, uh, something that is needed. And then, you know, obviously we can move on from there if, that's what's wanted. But if if no one's interested, like you're saying, then we can just keep going with the uh, what we're doing. Stuff. Yep. Yeah, so. exactly. And so now to go back to those other leagues and whatnot, um, I'm pretty sure it's no uh, secret that we're on the East Coast. So seeing teams in the Frontier League that are mainly based in your uh, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, these areas, they're not exactly easy to see. Same thing with the American Association. That's basically dead middle of the country. So for us, when we cover these teams, it's not going to be as in-depth as, say, with a Can-Am League or with a uh, Atlantic League that we're able to see a lot. We're able to go and notice these teams and watch in person to see what they're doing, and it's just easier to break it down and there's more familiarity with the names and whatnot so we know what we're looking for. And that's part of the reason why the Frontier League preview wasn't today. It's a matter of, I just have no familiarity with any of these players. So going through the list, I knew maybe two, three. Right, and also I think... Like you were saying, uh, you know, off air is that it, it, it's one. Of, it's very difficult to get, you know, really good information from these leagues and from these teams. Uh, a lot of times, the information is old or it's out of date, and we don't want to be old or out of date. We want to give the best news that we can and the best previews that we can. Um, and if we don't have a roster, we can't preview anything anyway. So, uh, like you were saying, I think it's going to be something that we're going to, you know, keep an eye on. We're going to want to keep an eye on those leagues. Um, if there's any special requests to find information out, we will do our best to do that. However, I think, you know, a lot of the stuff will continue to be as it's been about the Atlantic League and the Can-Am League and more of those East Coast leagues. And I think that's, you know, kind of fair for <laughs> where exactly. we are geographically. Exactly. Then also when you look at the demographics that we're able to see, it's mostly East Coast people, too, that are listening. So right. it's more tailored to the people that are already listening. Not to say that if you're in Nebraska and you're listening, we're not going to talk about the Salt Dogs and Lincoln. We're going to talk about them as it comes about here, but... When we go through, like we've been talking about the Atlantic League, and we've been talking about them a lot because they're the only ones playing at the moment, so, you know, just not much to talk about. But next week, when we start getting the full swing, and the week after that, when everybody's playing, it's still going to be probably more of an Atlantic-based and Can-Am League-based show. And then touch upon those other leagues as well. Exactly, that's what I was about to go on to. It's just we don't really know how to talk that intelligently about them. And to just go and say, like, yeah, Washington's playing good. <laughs> I mean, you could tell that. Like, anything we'd be saying, it would just be looking at stats. And right. anyone can do that. I mean, it's just as simple as going to the page there. And, and just to kind of build on what you're saying, 
when I'm saying there's not much information there, like looking at the Frontier League, for example, because they're the best example I have at the moment, and I was looking at their stats, they post the roster, I was like clicking the player, look at it, but they use Point Streak, which doesn't have affiliated ball stats. So then what I have to do is take the name of the player, go to Baseball Reference, look it up, then kind of judge from there, and being that most of these guys are batting below 240, or their ERAs are above 450, it's like, okay, well, he's not some of the highlights, and next guy, and keep doing that. And so it's a long process to go through a team like that and then do what we did for the Atlantic League for each league. It takes several hours to do it, so it, I don't want to do something that's only half done as well as it can be. Right, and I think that's fair, and I think, you know, everyone out there listening will, mm. will appreciate that. And I think what we need to focus on here uh, for mm. our listeners is just to make sure we give you all the best show that we can. Uh, and if we can't do that, then we will not uh, do that specific segment of a specific topic. We've been very good about, you know, giving the people what they want, and we're going to continue to do that. Exactly, and accuracy is our goal when we're covering things like that. We want to present uh, information that's the best way of doing it. We want to try and do that entertaining as well, and we want to try and keep it a fair balance between, okay, this is what the numbers say, this is what the facts are, and then this is what our opinions are. And I think we've done a very good job of that so far. And yeah. We'd like to hear everybody else comment about what you think we can improve on, what you think we've done well, where you want to see us expand to, because we have ideas here, but we don't want to do anything until we know that a large percent of the base wants it. Right. I mean, and I think that you hit the nail on the head there, hmm. is that once uh, we start really getting some feedback, we've gotten some feedback, and of course, it's been very positive. Hmm. Um, so thank you all for that. Hmm. But I think, you know, we need to continue to get feedback into areas of particular interest. I know there's a lot of independent league baseball fans out there, mm. and uh, we want to hear your uh, take on this. We want to hear what teams you want us to talk about, and we will talk about those teams. Exactly, and just like I want to say, too, a lot of these organizations, I've already been like kind of interacting with us on Twitter. Right. I don't want to say they've contacted us or something like that, because it makes it out to be a lot bigger of a thing than it actually is. It's more or less just back and forth in Instagram comments or back and forth on Twitter. So for those guys, thank you a lot for that. You know, it's it's nice to see that these teams are interacting with people and whatnot. And once again, us with the whole fan community that's been really reaching out, and like we've been saying, it's been mostly positive. You, you always have to see that, and we thank you for that. So I think with that, we said just by everything we can. I think we've kind of prefaced what we're doing, and I think it's a good place to kind of wrap it up now, uh, unless we have anything else to say. No, I'm good. Let's get on out of here. All right, so let's get the plugs and let's get out. All right, so you can find us on Twitter at IndieBallPod, on Instagram at IndieBallReport, on the internet at www.indieballreport.com. All the indies are with a Y, not an IE. So that's a confusion somewhere. And with that said, you can find us on a several major podcatchers, Podomatic, TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review, uh, especially on iTunes. That's how you've got to defeat their algorithm. They goes by feedback. So if you just even rate it anything and you type anything in a review, it boosts us in search results, which helps us get more people, which helps us do fun things, and helps us improve the show. So we'd really appreciate that, wherever you listen to do that. With that being said, until next time, don't forget to play ball.